0: SECTION 15 OF SERMONS TO CHILDREN BY Sabine baring GOLD THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY MARIANNE SERMON 15 INNOCENCY PSALM 37 VERSE 38 KEEP INNOCENCY AND TAKE HEED UNTO THE THING THAT IS RIGHT, FOR IT SHALL BRING A MAN PEACE AT THE LAST. I AM GOING TO TELL YOU A STORY. There was once, on a time, a king on his way to his capital, which was a long way off, and his road lay through a village. As he went along the villagers crowded to see him, and stood ranged all along the street. Among them was a young, timid girl, poorly dressed. As the king went by he saw her look sadly and supplicatingly towards him, and he stopped his horse and beckoned her to draw near. She modestly disengaged herself from the throng and advanced. Then he asked her her name, and whether she were a native of that village, for, in truth, she hardly looked like a common country girl. She answered that she was not born there, but was a native of his capital, and that she was by birthright a citizen, but through her parents' fault she had been banished from it, and their great wealth, estates, and titles had been forfeited. "'And on what do you live?' asked the king, much touched. "'I spin for my daily bread,' she answered." I earn enough to clothe and feed myself, and that is all. And are you here all alone in your exile? asked the king. No, sire, I have five brothers. But, he further asked, they do not support you or give you the fruit of their labor? sire, exclaimed the maiden, opening her eyes wide, they never give me anything, but they often beg or borrow of me, and sometimes reduce me to great straits. Maiden, said the king, I will inquire into this matter. Here, take this ring, keep it till I return, which will be shortly. I cannot tell you the day, but it will be before long. When I return, bring me my ring, and I shall remember you by it. And if I have found that your story is true, I will reinstate you in all your family honors and wealth. But, he added with a warning gesture, if you part with my ring, I shall hesitate about trusting you then the king put his ring on her finger and rode away not long after he was gone the news of what had happened came to the ears of the girl's brothers one of these was a painter another was a musician the third a cook the fourth a gardener and the fifth was a draper as soon as the painter could he left his work and hastened to his sister and looked at the ring what a lovely ring he exclaimed the gold is so fine and the stone in it sparkles with all kinds of colors "'Do, dear sister, lend or give it to me. I want to paint a figure with rings on the fingers, and this will come in useful as a pattern. Let me have the ring, and I will paint you the most beautiful picture you ever saw. Indeed, I will hang pictures all around your room, if you will give it to me.' "'No, brother,' said the girl, "'I cannot part with the ring. I have promised to keep it. Besides, when I receive my fortune at the king's return, I shall be so rich that I can buy as many pictures as I wish.' The painter went away dejected, and the musician came next. He also admired the ring, and, of course, he also wanted it. "'Look here, sister,' he said, "'lend me the ring. "'I am going to a concert, and I want to appear as well-dressed "'and with as many ornaments as I can. "'Lend it to me for just a bit, "'and I will give you a ticket for the concert, "'and you shall hear the most beautiful music for nothing.' "'Thank you, brother,' said the maid. "'I do not know when the king will return, "'so I must not part with the ring for a moment.' So he also went away disappointed. Then came the third brother, the cook, and he also wanted the ring. My dear sister, he said, I know how badly you are off and what poor fare you have. It has always been a trouble to me to think how scanty and mean are your repasts. So if you will give me the ring, I will send you every day the very best dishes I can cook and the most delicious cakes and sweetmeats in my shop. Thank you, brother, answered the damsel. I fare quite as well as I want. My meals are simple but sufficient, and I had rather wait till I receive my fortune, before feasting, than run the risk of losing it by giving up the ring. The next to arrive was the gardener. My good sister, he said, come into my garden and let me show you what beautiful flowers I have. How sweet these roses smell! How fragrant is that wreath of jasmine! Look at that bed of thyme! What a delicious scent it exhales! My sister... If you will give me your ring, I will provide you every day with a bunch of the most perfumed of my flowers. I cannot part with the ring, answered the girl. I have promised to keep it, as I value it above your flowers. Then came the youngest brother, the draper, and he arrived with a number of boxes. I have brought you, he said, some of my most fashionable dresses for you to see. Did you ever cast your eyes on such laces and such silks? And look at the style of the costumes. You will find nothing like them anywhere, "'and you shall have your pick of them for a trifle.' "'Thank you, brother,' began the sister, when he interrupted her. "'My dear, I am afraid you are suffering from cold in winter. "'I think you really ought to take more care for your health and wear furs. "'Furs are now very fashionable, and happen to be extraordinarily cheap. "'Look here at this beautiful mantle, lined with fur. "'I want nothing for it but that little ring on your finger. "'By the way, let me look at it. "'Gold, do you call it? "'It is only brass.' Do you think that stone a diamond? You are quite mistaken. It is paste. However, as I am your brother, and as I said the word, you shall have the fur cloak for it. I shall be happy to accommodate you. "'Thank you, dear brother,' said the maiden. But she hesitated, for she longed to have the lovely laces and silks even more than the furs. "'Thank you, brother. I must refuse them. I cannot part with the ring.' But she said it with a sigh. "'Children,' Do you understand my story it is an allegory the soul is the maiden banished from heaven robbed of her high estate and great privileges by the fault of our first parents adam and eve but god has looked on her and has promised her restoration only the soul must be tried a while and must patiently wait his coming and above all must preserve the ring of innocence the soul has five brothers the senses sight hearing TASTING, SMELLING, FEELING, and these are continually assailing her to give up to them her innocency. The soul is ever in danger of forfeiting her baptismal innocence through those temptations that come in through the senses. All sorts of pleasures and comforts are offered by the senses, but in exchange is asked the ring of innocency. What says David? Keep innocency and take heed unto the thing that is right, for that shall bring peace at the last. It is as though he were thinking of this story, and he said to you, My dear children, as you pass through life, all sorts of things will be offered you, pleasures which may be harmless. Enjoy them so long as they are harmless. But if they are offered you in exchange for the ring, if you may not enjoy them without surrendering it, then do the thing that is right. Refuse the offer, and keep, rather, your innocency. It is quite true that you may get some pleasure for a while, but you will never be happy at having surrendered your ring. It will always trouble you that you have forfeited the good opinion of your king and lost his favor by breaking his commandment. The pleasures of sin are but for a season. The pleasures of obedience are eternal. Therefore, I repeat, keep innocency, and you will find that it will bring peace at last. When the king comes again and asks for you, you will step forward with a serene face and a happy conscience, and he will receive you with joy, and take you with him to his glorious kingdom, and there, at last, you will taste of that peace which passes man's understanding, that peace which no man can take from you. Dear children, I should like you to remember this story. There was no harm in the girls admiring her brother's paintings, or listening to her brother's music, or eating her brother's cakes, or gathering her brother's flowers, or putting on the laces and silks or furs of her brother. Harm only began when she was asked to give up the ring for these things. Directly she parted with that, sin began. So there will be no harm in your enjoying the beautiful things you see, and the lovely music you hear. No harm in enjoying things good to eat or drink or smell. There is no sin in wearing fine dresses. Sin begins directly you give up innocency for them. Do you know a diamond when you see it? It is a perfectly transparent stone, like a drop of clear water, or a bit of cut glass, but it shoots out all sorts of colored rays, red and yellow and blue and green and orange and violet. So innocence is perfectly transparent and pure, but it has many lovely colored graces in it. First there is modesty, then there is gentleness, then there is simplicity, then there is truthfulness. Indeed, I cannot number them all. Take care how you lose or tarnish any of these graces, take care of how you forfeit any baptismal grace for the sake of what pleasure the senses may give you david gives you very simple advice and advice you can easily understand and follow do the thing that is right in all you do in the midst of your pleasures in all allurements take care always to do the thing that is right and then you need not fear you will keep the ring and you will have peace at the last always preserve in your heart the remembrance of your king and the thought that he is coming again, then you will seek ever to do the thing that is right, and none of the senses, none of the temptations that surround you will entice you to part with your ring, and when the king comes in his glorious majesty at the last, he will restore you your privileges, raise you to honor, receive you into the heavenly Jerusalem, and give you peace at the last. End of section 15